He's a shit human. But like Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, performance of their careers. Uh, yeah, they were phenomenal in it. Yeah, but uh, oh, Magnolia, I've seen Magnolia. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like there will be blood is right in the middle of that where it's like kind of fuck you audience, but it has just enough to like keep interested people. Yeah. But I will tell you a real story. Broke up with somebody over the master. Wait, really? It was a long line of things. Uh, but that was just kind of like the needle. I I became in a relationship with this person because I thought they like appreciated the things that I also appreciated, mm -hmm. and they were pretty. And then like I went to go take them to go see the Tempest on this like huge expensive date, and they fell asleep. And then they're like, "Oh, the Tempest is so boring. I hate the Tempest. I hate William Shakespeare." It's like you told me you like William Shakespeare. And then we saw the Master. And she's like, "I just hate this movie. Why can't you watch a better movie?" And also, she like became super Christian all of a sudden. Sudden. There were a lot of things. <laughs> okay, it, so wasn't it, just it wasn't just the master. It wasn't just the She just became a different person over the course of eight months. Oh, no, mm. boo. Oh, he did Punch Drunk Love. I'm not yeah. Punch Drunk Love is real good. It's real good. It's real good. It's real good. And he did Inherit Vice. Yeah. And I own Inherit Vice, but I've never watched I it. I have watched half of Inherit Vice and read half of Inherit Vice and tune out at about the same point. You know, I want to know what the. I, I should read up the trivia, but. We watched Boogie Nights, and then uh, Mary was looking up stuff and said that it was uh, when he uh, he directed. It's based on a short film that he directed when he was eighteen, and like, so I'm wondering, like, was he just a big fan of like John Holmes or, or like smut films early on, or did he have a connection? Was he well, friends with Jack Horner or whoever it, the guy is? It was is probably or? like if you look at the time that he was he was growing up because he was born in the 70s and like in the late 70s there's that boom where porn became more mainstream like Deb, Debbie Does Dallas and Deep Throat mm -hmm. and stuff They're, they show the my... green room have you ever seen like there's a porn called the green room and it's a BDSM what? 70s porn where this woman enters this this room oh no behind the green door that's what's yeah. behind right. the green door not the Jeremy Salmier no, no, movie no, no, no. but like uh, you, you, you go behind the green door and then she's on like a lab table mm -hmm. and they do like the most random crap to her and I'm just like this is and it's supposed to be the first exploration into BDSM. Shit. I mean yeah. one of the most fascinating things throughout history is something that I think gets overlooked a lot in like the cinematic history of America is what porn was in the 60s, oh, yeah. 70s, and 80s. It and how, how it ramped up to what it is today because porn is like an unstoppable monster that will never stop like oh, degrading people. But how it started, like the like the Debbie yeah. Does Dallas deep throat stuff, like if you watch documentaries or read about that, yeah. it's fascinating. It's very, yeah, it's it very pro-women empowerment too. Mm -hmm. Like Debbie Does Dallas is them trying to raise money so that they can go be cheerleaders for the Dallas Cowboys and the whole message of the movie is is that we can if we put our minds to something we can do it we we're just it. gonna fuck a bunch of dudes yeah but like and, and same with Deep Throat is like she was like she was like I'm gonna you know do what I want with mm -hmm. my body but now it's like porn just feels like very exploitative it is. because like if you if you read interviews with like the people from those movies they're like yeah I felt like relatively empowered and in control of my sexuality during production but afterwards I feel I felt like exploited by the public that like used this expression of myself for a political yeah. agenda and I feel like at some point that switched and now porn is largely just exploitation of women. Oh, yeah, very much. And there's an example in Boogie Nights, too, because uh, when they're talking about that transition of uh, Jack Horner wants to keep them actors because he makes films, and then there's a transition to VHS, and this guy says, I have some amateurs, and they're trying to do the amateur porn kind of thing. But uh, there's a really interesting book called The Porning of America. Mm -hmm. I've heard just, of that. Yeah, it just... 
it, it highlights the history of pornography in the United States and how it shifted and changed. It's a really good read. It's a really good read. I miss how people looked in porn. Like, you know, back in the 70s, it's like, you didn't have to shave. Mm-mm. You didn't have to do anything. Like, women had gigantic bushes in the 70s. And, like, nobody gave a fuck because it was the woman body. Like, women didn't have to be super skinny either. Yeah. Like, if you were actually a little thicker, like, you were seen as sexier. But now it's like, there's Fate. these anorexic... Yeah. <clears throat> Like fake Barbie. titty, yeah, yeah, plastic women, and like the note, like I, I'm all about any woman doing anything that she wants with her mm-hmm. body concerning hair. So I'm like, if you want to shave your hair off, do it. If you want to keep it, do it. But I just feel like with pornography, it's very much like if you see hair, it's disgusting for the. But it's not. It's not disgusting. Like, come on, guys. I mean, like if you if you go back long enough and look at porn from like the 60s and 70s even go back to like early stag films yeah. the trend throughout time has been there's this kind of unseen force like pushing uh kind of beauty expectations on women that become like you know unsustainable yeah. and then in in the current uh kind of zeitgeist of or like pornography and aesthetics that we enjoy in porn you you have this thing where women are just being degraded on a daily basis and have to live up to these crazy expectations and even going back to like let's say like madonna's part in like the vagina monologues in the vagina monologues she's talking about how there's this pressure for women to like prep and preen their bodies in a way that's unsustainable and she thinks that's just an expression of will because like hey if we can get women to do this we can get women to do this and it's just this thing that has kind of snowballed into these crazy expectations for women sexually and if it's being portrayed in movies and pornography then we have to expect that women in real life will do that and it's it's relatively unfair and it's you know you boiled a lobster alive because it didn't feel it happening and now you have this huge hill to climb if you want to feel sexy as a female have you seen the documentary that james franco did about uh Yay, BDSM yes, for- yes. yeah that was so interesting but like some of the some of the stuff that they made these women there's this one woman where they she was hanging upside down and they had like this big machine and it was a vibrator and like she was losing consciousness and they kept just and the yeah, director did like blacking out. Yeah, she's yeah. blacking out. And the director's like, "Hey, baby girl, you okay? You okay?" And she's obviously not okay. And it just shows just how crazy porn has gone and how much these women have to. What's any time like it gets more and more demand and more and more. So it's like people that are shitty are going to find ways to cut corners and make it shitty for their actors because you know there's so many people that are like willing to do porn so it's not unless you're like specifically gifted yeah. in some way they, they don't have to be it. nice to the yeah. person they don't have to be like, uh, like union rules or porn too like, yeah, yeah. it's like why is that like, that's it's like it's become fox news it's yeah. <laughs> 24-hour cycle so like the internet internet porn's available all the time so that means we have to like more, more and more, more, out there. more yeah. so I'm, you have to be crazy yeah. i mean in a way it's degraded over time because i think that you know, porn where performers are like losing consciousness or, or held to, to crazy expectations that, you know, writing checks that their body can't cash. It's like things like that, extreme porn, are the transformers mm-hmm. of porn in a weird way because you keep pushing boundaries in such a way to like get asses in seats or I guess get... You're talking about the Michael Bay? Yeah, like the Michael Bay transformers because I feel like if you keep pushing boundaries... 
to a point, you, you just end up at the lowest common denominator. Yeah. And if you're making Transformers, that's fine. But if, if you're making something that's representative of human sexuality, then if you keep pushing the lowest common denominator, you end up uh, hurting somebody. And yeah. in this way, the people that end up getting hurt are women, by and large, because you have people who grow up, you know, 13 to 21 who grow up around this stuff and they have terribly unfair expectations for what mm-hmm. women should and shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Podcast Party, uh, where we like to keep it light, and uh, we're enjoying some uh, podcast recording this afternoon. We've got in the room with us um, one John. <laughs> What's up? How you doing, John? What's up? You doing all right? This is my thing. What's up? I'm doing pretty all right. Pretty all right. I'm tired. That's good. Smell bad. Yeah, you do. That's yeah. It. A little bit. All right, okay. <laughs> and and Natalie, hey. spoken up, what's happening? No, no, How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Still good. Mm-hmm. Do you smell you bad? Do you smell bad? Uh, sorry, I didn't put on deodorant. I'm sorry, you have you to smell John. You still smell bad, though. It's, it's unfortunate you have to mm-hmm. smell John. But mm-hmm. It's okay. We can, we'll all deal with it. Smell like a smoked ham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Mary. Hello, Mary. Hey, man. Welcome. Thanks. How do you do? I'm cool. Good. Yeah. Things been all right? I'm kind of nauseous. Oh, from the John smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smells like, smells Real like, imagine like Vienna sausages, but in the sun for two days and then a hawk flies by and poops <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah. Sucks uh, sitting on your shoulders, John. Yeah. <laughs> it really sucks. Really, look, we only had so many chairs, yep. and we know this because uh, we've tried to feed uh, Vienna sausages to our hawks, mm-hmm. and they don't like them. They're they they're pretty snooty. No. Hawks are pretty snooty. Hawks are the 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 bougiest of birds. So bougie. To be fair, though, Michael and Mary, your hawks are looking really well yeah. fed. They're looking well, really you. plump. It's kibble and bits. They've got the keen eyes. You know, a guilty pleasure food they do enjoy, though, is uh, those uh, messing with Sasquatch uh, beef jerky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you mean Jack Links? Who, Jack yeah. Links. Who doesn't it. enjoy a Jack Links? Right? right. I love a Jack Links in my mouth. And I'm Michael, and uh, we're here doing another episode of Podcast Party, so let us uh, get on into it. Mm-hmm. perfect funeral is one where I'm cremated mm-hmm. but no one knows that I'm cremated I'm cremated at a uh, secret funeral oh but uh, my actual funeral is I send out an invitation to people where I'm like I would like to be fired out of cannon into the sea yes 
fired over the heads of my friends and loved ones into the sea, but my ashes are actually loaded into a sabot that splits apart when the cannon's fired. So everyone gathers at the front of the cannon and I just blast them with my ashes. That's like, I'm a part of you forever, motherfucker. I want a Viking funeral. People light me on fire, and then I want there to be a party, and I want everyone to watch every single Dolly Parton movie that has ever been goddamn made. Nine to five. That's yeah. Nine to five. Little, straight talk. Little whorehouse in Texas. Still Magnolias. Still Magnolias. Uh, joyful noise. Oh yeah. Speaking speaking of which, uh, there's a podcast I've come across this past week. It's a group of old friends. That are, are they sort of recount uh, like their college days, but they were in uh, they were in college around. Oh, Michael, time Michael, wait, yeah. wait. Oh, yeah. You know what that reminds me of? That's a, that's a thing in those uh, in the Phantasm movies. You know, oh, Natalie, the one with like yeah, a, the, the spindly the thing. Man. Yeah, the spindly yeah. thing, like the tall the, man. The, the, ball, the, the, the orb that turns uh-huh. into yeah. the, the like nice the silver thing yeah. that like squirts yeah. out your blood. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, cause there, like in one of the sequels. I mean, not to get crude, but uh, uh, <laughs> what the lady's boobs are turn the balls, into the orbs. And turn into the orbs and Her boobs are the balls. Yes. Yes. Real like weird and gross. Really bad he's, effects. He's 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 about to do her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, let's let's have the sex." And then he's like, "Let me see them sweet tits," and she's like, "Let me show you my metal balls." Can I <laughs> can I try to like? Yeah. Can I say how I think that scene goes? Because yeah. I've only seen the first two Phantasm I've movies. I've seen them all. She says, "Let's do the sex." Oops. My boobs are orbs. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much that's, how. That's how sex actually goes, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, like, pretty I don't know, yeah. any sexual encounter I've had with a woman, it's been like, oh, let's have sex. Well, orbs. Orbs. Pretty orbs. much. Orbs. Male pretty female, much. Everybody has orbs. Every time I like, it's just a bunch of compliments on my part, and I get stabbed in the face with boob orbs. <laughs> Borbs, as I call them. Do you find difficult for your boobs to turn into orbs? Well, like, it did, like mine just just do it. It's like a flawless transition. It's yeah. not like a Wolverine like bursts out of my chest yeah. kind of thing. It, it happens. It just depends on how like I'm feeling. If I'm in a bad mood, my my tits are just going to mm. remain my tits. <laughs> but if I'm in a really good mood, it's like orbs. Those if orbs just pop yeah. Out. Your cheese aligned right. Yeah, yeah. Your cheese yeah. If your cheese is aligned correctly, your boobs are the door. Yes, when my pepper jack is alive, my Havarti. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, did you guys want to listen to this podcast? Or? I mean, when I when I think about it, like yeah. it's it's really based on like the initial shape of the boob mm-hmm. because some of them are more likely to turn into orbs than the others. Have you ever seen a boob like turning into? Because we're still still talking about boob cheese, right? Mm-hmm. Blue cheese. Have you ever seen a boob turn into blue cheese? No. Super crumbly. It's real weird. But it's kind of exciting. What makes that happen? Yeah. Um, I think it might be a, an excess of yeast. Oh, yes. That's how yeast infections work. Mm-hmm. See, I heard it's caused by anemia. Oh. Oh, then that makes then it why crumbly. don't mine turn into blue cheese? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. I'm not a scientist. But, yeah. you know, if you think about it, mm-hmm. uh, like if we talk about turning in and boobs, inverted nipples are weird. I don't oh, want to say yeah. weird. They're I don't like want to say weird. They're not. It's fine. Not They're not the norm. They're not the norm. It's like an Audi belly button. It's totally fine. Have you ever seen anyone with an Audi belly button? I've seen someone with an Audi, and it is weird. It's like, like, okay, do you remember Cabbage Patch dolls? Yes. Cabbage Patch dolls have Audi buttons. They do. It's weird to see someone with their shirt off with an Audi belly Mm -hmm. button, because you feel like you're being with a Cabbage Patch doll. 
Oh. You feel like is that, that really immediately where your yes, mind goes? Yes, exactly. <laughs> where my mind, that's where my mind would go. Because I feel like in my mind, like when I imagine someone like the perfect cut, like Michelangelo's David physique, there's not an Audi in that equation. Yeah. I only imagine someone has an Audi if they if they have like a round like turd like tortoise shell turd? belly. Turd belly? <laughs> have you a seen turd belly? There's a random. There's a little bit of trivia for you. Uh, you say that, but Michelangelo actually. Uh, put an Audi on the statue originally, wow. and it, over time it eroded away. Uh, it's chipped off in one of like the various. Oh wars. yeah, is that why his dick got smaller? Mm-hmm. Have you seen an Indy Audi? What's an Indy? Uh, it's, it's an Indy. Is it just flat? But yeah. it has a little pointy, looks like a tiny like lizard dick <gasps> belly button. It's a real thing. It's a real really? thing. It's a real I'm thing. not even. Yeah. I'm not even fucking around. Like there's there's a, there's this thing like an itty outy belly button where it's an inny but inside the inny is a lizard dick. It's like lizard dick. That's so crazy. So what do you guys think about? Do you want to listen to the? So the the strangest yeah, thing I've John. noticed is like mm-hmm. generally, yeah. Generally speaking, I don't mm-hmm. want to make generalizations, but people who have let's say inverted nipples mm-hmm. generally have outy belly buttons. Really? So is it like an inverse it, relationship? Yeah, yeah. it's like so their their nipples. Uh, they have enough force that when they go in, they just squirt out that belly button? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes I, sense. That's science. And I mean, I believe people who have Audi belly buttons do lactate through their belly buttons, so it makes sense. Oh, that's why that woman was breastfeeding her child through her belly button. So not breastfeeding, more like <laughs> belly feeding. I feel as though we're going to get a lot of hate from the Audis and inverted nipple people. Maybe even from the Audi car people. The Audi car people? It's an Audi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Michael, what were you saying about a podcast? Yeah, there was a... John, uh, I thought you said... No, Natalie, you were telling me a really interesting story. What was that again? Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So, I was walking down the street one yeah. day, mm-hmm. and I just served this guy beer. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 well, no, okay. I work at a bar, and I served this guy beer, and I saw him walking down the street alone oh. by himself. Uh-oh. And it's weird. It's weird to, like serve people and then see them like walk down the street like serial killers Ooh, yeah do you think he is a serial killer no i mean i don't know like it's weird when you serve people like in any service industry do you ever think about like what those people do in their home lives do you ever like make up stories in your head like you look at people in restaurants and you're like what do they go home to what is that woman who asks me for an extra ranch for her salad that she says that she doesn't want carbs for Mm. do at home like i want to know i want to know now i don't mean to to this is in no way one-upping you, but the nature of my work, which we shall not discuss, mm-hmm. is that I get a very intimate portrait of how people live their lives on a day-to-day financial basis. How are things with the IRS? Uh, very good. Uh, we are cracking down a lot of stuff, so watch out. But it's, it's uh, very strange to see people who I have interacted with on the street, because I know... Essentially, if you boil people's activities down, you understand, like, financially where their funds are going. So if I see people who I have a very intimate picture of financially walking around the street, it's impossible to treat them like people. Oh. I see the bar trivia. But there are some complete assholes. You have to, oh, you have to accept yeah. that. Assholes, for yeah. Sure, assholes, yeah. People that have never been in the service industry and don't God. understand that their ranch is not that important. Mm. I, I just want is, people to understand that there's a very simple rule to follow as a human being. That if you are going to engage in any interaction that makes the person who is serving you 
This sounds complicated. If you make their day shittier, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Because, down to don't be a dick. Because they're dick, making a, a dick. they're making a choice to do you a favor. I would never be a dick to somebody who handles my food. Hey, exactly. honestly, like like I would like I've seen too many movies where people have done horrible shit to people's food, and I'm and I would never be a dick to somebody who oh, does yeah. who messes with well, my food. Well, you know, speaking of uh, of. of doing shit to food and like uh, dealing with food in this podcast. Uh, so uh, speaking were, uh, of though, like I know people who have worked at Taco <laughs> take handfuls of lettuce for people they do not like and people who have wronged them and they'll put the handfuls of lettuce in their mouth and go arr, 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 and just let it fall onto the food and then... Do Why you, would they do that? Oh, sorry. Do you know that McDonald's servers will do horrible stuff to cops food? Really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I mean, like, just like, fuck like cops. Like they won't, uh, they won't cook it to grade, or they won't, up. or they'll do something. Uh, they just don't like cops. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who have animosity towards cops working at McDonald's food. Yeah, because like fuck cops, right? I'm like, hey am man, I alone hey. on this? Okay, hey, Michael's a cop. You know? Yeah, Look, Look, he's a narc though. No like, disrespect to your profession. Wow. I think that being an what? office for an officer for the DEA. Is great. My uncle was a cop for reals. Oh, well, yeah, and okay. firefighters too. Why is it uncles are always the ones who do wrong things? He was a good cop. How can you be sure? I know. I did it on purpose because it was a loud opening. Because you were going to talk about your podcast, right? Yeah. Um, well, anyways, have you guys ever seen the movie Flashdance? Yes. yes. Really? I haven't. Tell me about it. Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> okay. you take okay. one part at a right. time. All right. So I haven't seen this in twenty years. Open it up. Open it up. There's Jennifer. Je- Jennifer Beale. Yeah. Sure. Jennifer Beale. Mm-hmm. Oh, she is, shows, so they talk about her in the podcast. She's a right? she's a welder. Oh, she's shit. a woman welder. Progressive. Fuck. In the eighties. In right? the eighties. But what? But she also likes to work at a strip club <gasps> where she sits in a chair yeah. and has water poured on her. Oh, was that big in the 80s? That was big in the 80s. Because like, she like pulls a thing yeah, and then the like water like yeah. dumps on her. Yeah. Wait, who's the male and, lead in Flashdance? Um, the, the male lead in Flashdance. Was it Tom Selleck? Okay, it's a mixture of Tom Selleck yeah. meets James Spader. Ooh, that's hot. If they had a baby together, I wish. That and it happen. wasn't born correctly because two males shouldn't have babies that's true. together. Yeah. I mean, sense. that's just I my they, political stance. Yeah. I mean, they, Sorry, they, I'm they a, kinda, I'm a horrible bigot. They can <laughs> adopt babies, but you know, they can't make them. Yeah, the, no, they the, can't make them. They the can't baby, rub their penises together and make uh-huh. them because that's how you make a baby. Because the babies of docking, mm-hmm. incorrect babies. <laughs> The docking? It's when you touch your penis heads together. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Well, docking? it's only called that if one person isn't uncircumcised, because then it's yeah. like mm-hmm. you dock it in the foreskin. What? It's mm-hmm. like it's like that snake from the Never-Ending Story. It is exactly. Oh, it's a snake. Shit. It's yeah. an Ouroboros. It's anyway, penis. Anyway, the plot of Flashdance. Yeah, tell, tell me more. Tell me more. She's a stripper. Yeah. She's a stripper. Stripper welder. Stripper Ooh, welder. But she wants to get into Juilliard. Yeah, she wants to get into oh, Juilliard, the, the school of art. Why is it not called Splash Dance? I feel okay. like you guys are asking too many questions too <laughs> oh, early. But what a feeling. Oh, what, what a, a feeling. feeling. Yeah. yeah. 
Wasn't it true that the song She's a, the Maniac song was originally written about a serial killer? Yes. But they had to rewrite the lyrics so it wasn't too dangerous. It's, it's, or, yeah. I'm a maniac, maniac on the floor. And then I'm it's strangling I'm people. Strangling people, people like I never, never did before. before. Yeah, yes. it's great. It's great. And then there's a bunch of stabbing. And then murdered stabbing. by mannequins. There's a mannequin. Have you guys ever seen mannequin? mannequin. Yes, yes, yes. We can build it. Hey, Natalie, quick sidebar. Okay, so that part where like someone rage dances in a warehouse, is that flash dance or is that dirty dance? That's um footloose. I think you Jesus mean hot fucking Christ. How many fucking dancing movies are there? There's a lot of dancing movies. You no, know, they the talk 80s. about uh, dancing movies in this podcast uh, with the old friends from college. They like uh, they go into a lot of like what the movies influenced them. Oh, yeah. oh man, huh? Is that right? Has Dude. anyone ever tried horchata? Oh my god, I love horchata! Yeah. <laughs>